Hello, listeners. This is producer John. Open Pike Night is going to be at Trek Long Island 2024. From May 31st to June 2nd, Cameron and myself, producer John, will be in the Big Apple living long and prospering. We'll be hosting a panel. We'll be giving out stickers. We will have our microphones. Be sure to follow Open Pike on social media and subscribe to openpike.substack.com because we also will be giving away some Trek Long Island weekend passes. Trek Long Island is May 31st to June 2nd at the Hyatt Regency in Hopog, New York. this thing on hello hello welcome everyone to open pike night the podcast discussing strange new worlds and reaching out all over the world to hear from voices in the dark if you're hearing this then you two are welcome on stage at open pike night Our lineup is full for tonight, but as every episode of Strange New Worlds is released, you'll have the chance to step into the spotlight. We're recording this episode on First Contact Day, and what a First Contact Day it's been. I'm John T. Bolds, your MC and host for tonight, but I'm not alone on this away team. Joining me are my co-hosts, Cameron from the Green Shirt Podcast, who on this very First Contact Day received his 1,701st follower on Twitter. Felt like a virgin first contacted for the very first time. And he's been called the most narcissistic man in podcasting while also being criticized for paying attention to and or shouting out other people too much. Jesse from the Sudden But Inevitable podcast. I, much like the Borg Queen, am a bit of a contradiction, as you will come to learn here at Open Pike Night. I just want to say, I just received a note, everyone, that there's a pair of rocket boots in the parking lot with their lights on. If you own a white pair of rocket boots with the bumper sticker, Vulcans Don't Climb, please go turn your lights off. Thank you. Also in the Lost and Found, there is a safety helmet with the light also turned on. Uh, Possibly related, possibly not. We're, We're not sure. And tonight, we're discussing the character teasers and the first full length trailer for Strange New Worlds. Woo! We've got a great crowd of pod listeners tonight. We're sorry we had to move the event from Holodeck 4 to Cargo Bay 2, but there was apparently a malfunction measuring 7 on the Barkley scale. And as anyone with a nose knows, we're better off sitting on these barrels. And now, let's talk Strange New Worlds. It's been a little while since we've hosted an open pike night, and a lot has happened. So we're going all the way back to our first contributor to the podcast and to this episode... Rat, bringing some heat about the Captain Kirk revelation. Hello again, Rafe, a.k.a. Rat here. Uh, Personally, I'm hopeful that Kirk will be featured only in a single episode or maybe a two-parter as the commander of another ship. I know he served on the Farragut and outside of Cannon, to my knowledge. There were other ships that he commanded before the Enterprise. Um, While Captain Pike is quickly becoming my favorite Starfleet captain, I'm not entirely opposed to Season 2 of Strange New World, seeing Pike's promotion to Fleet Captain and the passing of the torch to maybe a newly promoted Captain Kirk, with Season 3 perhaps covering some of the Enterprise's adventures before the five-year journey that we're all familiar with. Uh, Who knows, though. I'm excited to see what they have in store for us either way. 
Thanks for having me on. Live long and prosper, my friends. Rafe, thank you for coming back to the stage for the second round of Open Pike Night. He is at Rafe Langston on Twitter. Jesse, any uh, continuing thoughts about Kirk? So, yes. <clears throat> I I feel like there is this... I, actually, it's not just a feeling. It's, it's a truth. There was recently an interview with Chris Pine where he was asked, you know... Uh, should Star Trek be reaching for Avengers-style money, the billion-dollar mark, you know, that kind of a thing, those franchise uh, uh, revenue goals? And he said, no, I think it should, you know, be what it is. I think it should stay for the fans and very grassroots, you know, and things like that. Um, and I agree with that 100%. Now, all of that having been said, I think that we all could agree that it's probable that Star Trek is the most profitable property that paramount has access to currently right so i would not be surprised to see them test the reactions to kirk's character and then maybe just spin off another show and you know have uhura leave strange new worlds to go be on kirk's show or you know have some portion of pike's crew leave to go be with kirk for a little while i mean we have now seen that the creators are willing to put captains from other ships into our series see how they do and then if it's very positive spin a series off for that captain so i have to assume that that's a possibility going forward for any captain that we know what do you guys think i kind of mentioned it last uh, open pike night but i do you know i'm, I'm worried we're entering spider-man territory with like i love the uh 2009 cast as our young young enterprise crew and i'm you know one of my fears for Strange New Worlds is that they're just, as a television uh, cable of actors, they're just not going to live up to those uh, heights. I'm certainly open to seeing, and I I agree that I think Kirk will be best served as like a one-off. All right, let's hear from our next returning guest of the Open Pike Night stage. Hi, this is Peter, and here are my initial reactions to the Kirk announcement. I admit I was surprised to hear the news that we will see James T. Kirk in Strange New World Season 2 because I thought Kirk would join the show during its final season. While I look forward to a younger interpretation of the iconic Captain, I hope Captain Kirk will only be in a supporting role rather than be one of the show's stars. I would like him to have a role similar to Number 1's in Discovery Season 2, appearing in only a small handful of episodes. I suspect we will meet Kirk while he is in command of a starship that is smaller than Enterprise, and he works with Captain Pike and the Enterprise crew on a joint mission. I see Strange New Worlds as being focused on Captain Pike, Number 1, Spock, and the rest of the Enterprise crew. After a long and successful run, I would like the series finale of Strange New Worlds to conclude with the Enterprise captaincy being transferred from Pike to Kirk, completing the progression from Strange New Worlds to TOS. Thanks again for making this podcast, and I look forward to hearing your thoughts about the announcement of Captain Kirk appearing on Strange New World Season 2. Thanks. And that was our friend Peter coming back for another round on the stage, at PeterTrek1 on Twitter. I certainly had the same thoughts as Peter early on when Strange New Worlds was announced. Like, obviously, there's going to be a passing of the torch to end the series that we're still waiting another month to begin, but uh, (laughs) which is a strange thing to talk about. But honestly, with what's been going on with Picard lately and how much we know about season three, 
while season two is only halfway done airing, uh, Paramount is certainly not afraid to put a lot of information out there. Just to beat the dead horse. Uh, sorry, Captain Pike, for that metaphor. But uh, I, I really like the Kelvin Timeline cast. And I, 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 with the announcement of installment four on that, I'm perfectly happy with the Kelvin Timeline crew and that cast being our continuing voyages, our remake of the original series. I don't disagree with that at all. I think that, to our friend Peter's point, the ostensible end of this series, right, Would we would think would be Pike going, okay, I'm going to accept my fate, I'm going to get promoted, I'm going to leave the Enterprise, which means somebody else needs to command it, but we don't know that. I mean, that's that sort of is making a lot of assumptions for a sci-fi show, right? Like, mm-hmm. isn't it possible that this show is setting us up to give Pike a new fate or maybe just put him on an entirely different path? Is there any chance that that time crystal only shows you the end of your path in your current universe? With the number of Star Trek characters that we have explicitly talking about knowledge of other universes and going to other universes and past instances of other people going to and from other universes, sometimes with the inclusion of time travel, I think there is nothing that is too strange or new for this crew. And there's, I think there's a chance that there's a universe where Pike and Kirk exist alongside one another at the same time, even if that's not the same universe, quote unquote. I, man, I wouldn't be surprised if Kirk was actually Kirk from the future sent back um, to tell Pike that there's no fate but what we make and uh, (laughs) that he is the uh, only hope for the future against the machines. You know, it's a Borg reference. Couldn't be a reference to anything else. I don't I mean, th- think those things are impossible. I mean, <laughs> not in so many words, right? But Jesse, it's, those it's things are not impossible and are very likely, in fact. My worry, because Star Trek is obviously kind of heading in that direction. I mean, I just said I want the Kelvin universe in a completely different timeline to be the continuing adventures. We're seeing the same thing with Marvel now going into phase four. The worry is once you start introducing all these separate timelines and separate fates and separate arcs and separate characters, it starts to water down your brand. And that's going to be tricky water to tread. It's interesting that you would say that, Cameron, because I think that they are going to do some kind of multi-property crossover. I'm not saying that I think that they should do that. I'm saying my instinct is telling me that they're going to do that. I, I Jesse, think I just a don't... lot of people are going to do what Marvel did and then... Is it going to work as well as it worked for Marvel? No, Maybe not. It's not going to work for. It's but, not. But at the same time, well. Jesse, what I keep saying, they are doing that. We are in the middle of them. Do- they've been doing that since Unification One and Two in 1992. Oh, God, I hope I got that year right. But and and now it's only even more so. I mean, how are they not doing that right now? So that's what I'm asking. Like, do you think there is a future where? Okay, so now the Kelvin crew meets the strange new worlds crew i'm not saying i'm hoping for this or like rah rah i'm asking if you think that's what's going to happen do you think they're going to merge like the movie universes and the show universes and then i hope not go from there (laughs) like what do you think maybe they might but again like i said last episode like no i i no multiverse no none of like let's keep series as series You can have a couple visits to Deep Space Nine by the TNG crew, but after that, they need to take off in their damn ship and go back to their own (laughs) adventures. 
I would be interested if you're listening to this episode and you feel the opposite of how Cameron and John feel and you're like, okay, give me the Star Trek crossover multiverse extravaganza. I want you to email us at openpike at gmail.com or send us a voice clip 90 seconds or less and let us know how you feel. I'm just interested because I feel like there's a chance that that's what Paramount is going to do, not because I think it's the right thing. There's a lot to talk about tonight. So our next guest sent in a little written message to us. This is from Deb. Una is the most fascinating character. She's obviously extremely competent, intelligent, and professional. Yet, she seems cold or distant and socially awkward, which is in large contrast with Pike. Can't wait to see her grow over the next few seasons. That is, again, from our friend Deb at Once Upon LA on Twitter. Uh, Cam, what do you think? Number one, Una is definitely uh, an interesting character. Real quick, I want to ask, so... Are we supposing then, since her name is Una, Latin for one, that she is the creation of the uh, habit or custom or tradition of captains calling their exos number one? Is that what they are implying here? I was that I not think the I first. I always kind of assumed that, yeah. And that okay. had to be the first instance of it in Star Trek, right? Because I believe Pike says that in the cage. Yes, that's where it all came from. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it, it would then, have to be, right? It would have to be them giving a reason to that, I would think. Sure. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the most I know about uh, that version, Una, of number one, is I did finally w- start watching some of the short treks and the episode with her and Spock trapped in the elevator. Can't say I was a huge fan of that. I did appreciate the callback to disaster, especially since they were trapped in an elevator with the uh, Pirates of Penzance musical number that she sings. But it was just so awkward and shoehorned in and not like how people act in real life at all. And then, and, then, and this is the interesting thing, and we're going to get more into this topic coming up, This the, the how hot and sexy this series is going to be, especially around <laughs> Spock. But with number one also, because in that titular Trek short, the short implies that number one has the hots for Captain Pike and the growing hots for Spock. So, I, I mean, I hope they kind of pump the brakes a little bit on that and don't make her too hypersexualized. Though maybe she's just the uh, gender flip version of Riker, and I guess I'd be okay with that. Gives new meaning to the term beard, doesn't it? So I think that <laughs> we can see from her character trailer in particular yeah. that Una mm-hmm. is, she's having the, oh no, I'm I'm one step above the rest of the team. And they don't see me as a team player anymore. They see me as their boss with like a capital Mm -hmm. B and that's just not fun. Right? Like she seems like a total nineties boss where she's like, Oh, I used to be friends with them, but now I don't know how to relate to them because I have to get them to do their job and they don't think I'm cool. They think I'm cold and distant. And I think that they're to, to the point of her just breaking out in, in a musical number she was really trying to get across like, hey, look, I can be fun and whimsical. And I mean, if you have to illustrate that to a Vulcan, you may have to go to extremes. It feels like the arc for her, and, and I think like in general for this show, what we are seeing from these character trailers, let's just say, first of all, oh, these are amazing. Mm. And I'm so happy that we got like <laughs> nine trailers over the course of three days after having no promotional material for so long. We were not expecting that. No, we, we weren't. <laughs> especially as a 
Strange New Worlds Focus podcast, we were like, oh, we have some work to do. But what we can take away from those trailers is definitely that the serialization that people are going to be craving, because that's what TV has, you know, Mm -hmm. made people want now, is going to come in the form of the character arcs, which is how Mm -hmm. it was in The Next Generation, right? Mm -hmm. So I think Una's character arc is going to be, how do I get through one night with sorry i couldn't help myself um <laughs> is going to be how do i relate to my subordinates while also being an effective basically supervisor right like so i'm really interested for that there also is some weird stuff going on with her makeup where it's like is she a vulcan right now or she may be pretending to be a vulcan for a minute also why is the enterprise covered in vines and there's fencing and archery like hey, oh i'm so happy right <laughs> now <laughs> Una Everdeen? I know. I'm excited for whatever episode that's going to be. Oh, well, I just... You guys, what is going on in that episode? All I have to know. All of that was one holodeck episode. So, yeah. sorry. I, one of the things that I'm seeing on Twitter, at Open Pike, if you haven't followed us, please go do so. I have been noticing that a lot of people are saying, hey, what if that is a crossover with uh, Billups uh, folks from Lower Decks, right? They had the... Mm. Uh, Renaissance Fair Planet. <laughs> so, like, oh, yeah. what if that was some sort of visit there and maybe their holodeck uh, emitters went crazy or something? But, I mean, there's plants in the hallway, you guys. There's yeah. there's plants oh, yeah. in the hallway. Oh, yeah. there's, there's a lot going on. Thank you, Deb. I'm sorry if we got away from your question. It ha- It's going to happen. <laughs> we'll take a little intermission from our guest on stage here. We had nine character trailers. So, mm-hmm. Cam. Yo. Least favorite, most favorite. <laughs> Oh, least favorite, most favorite. Good. Okay, I'm just, look, I'm going to go out with the hot takes here, guys. I'm sorry. I'm not a huge fan of the Spock. A lot of that is, you know, brought over from Disco 2. So I'm, I'm coming in with an open mind. But, like, Spock, guys, Spock is one of the most iconic TV characters of history. Not of sci-fi TV, of all TV history. And just to try to redo him is such a ballsy move. And they did it. They did it with the Kelvin timeline. I love Zachary Quinto's Spock. (laughs) And I just, I don't know if lightning is going to strike a third time with this. And part of it is, you know, they introduce him in a very Spock, un-Spock-like manner in Disco 2 and and all that. But he's just, he's, he's not the Spock we know from the original series. He is a long way from there. So if his arc is to go from the young, impulsive, emotional Spock to what we see in TOS, that's a long distance for him to travel. Now, what I am interested about him, what they he kind of mentions in his uh, teaser is that I've never thought about this part of Spock and that on Vulcan growing up, he was pushed by everyone to be very Vulcan to ignore his human side. And then he joined Starfleet. And although he says they let him be what he is, that's fucking bullshit. We all know everyone from Kirk to McCoy to everyone says, ignore your Vulcan side, ignore your green blooded side, be more human. And that's how we see the, the progress of Spock from TOS to, you know, the end of undiscovered country. And then apparently after Kirk died, he just went straight back Vulcan as we see in unification. So that's his progress. I don't know. I'm, I'm coming in with an open mind. We'll see. That's my least favorite. I'll get, you can come back to me for most favorite. Okay. Uh, Jesse, you got nine characters. I'm going to say the Hemmer trailer kind of came out of nowhere for me. Like, I Mm. believe I spoke about my lack of familiarity with the Enterprise series, which I am in the process of remedying very slowly. (laughs) Because, I mean, I could still just watch TOS. But I 
was very surprised by that character because I didn't know anything other than the fact that the actor was blind and that the character was blind and that that was very uh, progressive and a huge win for representation, which the current Mm -hmm. era of Star Trek, we got to say, is just knocking out of the park, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, So to see this character that I had no preconceptions about come in and be like, okay, I'm the main engineer. I'm like, oh, wow, huge Geordi vibes immediately. And then he's like, I'm a genius. I was like, oh, wow, huge me vibes immediately. And then he was like, they were like, he's his other senses are actually better than our regular versions of those senses, right? And he's got this just strong confidence that he's actually earned, I think. And he, he seems to really just have this calm coolness about him, which as a space cowboy fan i'm always down for calm and cool and collected in a space situation personally yeah i think my favorite then would have to be either either nurse chapel or dr mbenga uh i've always just loved the doctors on the star trek show so far and uh, nurse chapel especially i mean one she just looks stunning in her white outfit i don't know white looks great on the enterprise uh and and two she just seems like a super fun character great Jesse, was Heber your favorite or your least favorite? Sorry. Uh, I think... (laughs) (laughs) He's combining both in one. So I think that makes Hemmer my favorite character trailer of of these ones. Yeah. Yeah. And this is not character ranking. This is trailer ranking. So my least favorite... Wait a minute. Should we make... We should make John go. John, what's your least favorite? My least favorite was the Captain Christopher Pike trailer. Uh, Mm. I was like, yeah, we could all see that coming a mile away. Um, we we now know that it takes place post Disco Two. Yeah, it takes that wasn't confirmed before. So that it that now question is. has been answered, but it's like, oh, that's all he talks about in his trailer. Um, we get a lot of backstory. We get a lot of story for all these characters in their trailers. Um, we get, and I'm surprised Jesse didn't say it. There's another podcast called Green Shirt and Newbie Strike Through the Next Generation, and uh, they talk about the Nerd Squad a lot. Hemmer is a combination of the Nerd Squad. <laughs> Hammer is Data, Wesley, and Jordy all wrapped up into one between the attitude, the skills, the engineering, just just mm. the capabilities and everything. So I, I really enjoyed that. I think I really liked uh, Laon. Just like, oh, okay. I, I hadn't done a lot of research. I hadn't, you know, everybody's wondering who this Noonie and Soong is. It's like, well, I was satisfied with that trailer and, and definitely most curious to learn more about her. Well, mm-hmm. she would be a Noonie and Sing, would she Sing, not? Sing, Okay, yes. so... <clears throat> I was hired to be the Star Trek pedant. Um, <laughs> so I one thing that I did notice in the Una trailer, it seems that she and La'an maybe have a connection both because they feel like they're outsiders, right? Mm-hmm. The rest of the crew seems to have this very like, hey, it's we're just hanging out, man. We're just in space. There's a big TV. The chairs are comfy. There's no seatbelts. It's fine. It's like the 60s, but it's space. And <laughs> it really feels that way for everybody except Una and La'an and you could probably argue Cadet Uhura at the start I think that that scene where they're all having dinner and she's in like her formal uniform I think everybody else is just in regular clothes Mm -hmm. like they didn't tell her you know like hey why don't you come shoot golf with us at whatever time the sprinklers come on I'm sorry I'm not good enough to make that reference but um I think she shows up thinking, oh, this is going to be a button-down thing. And they're like, dude, it's we're just having dinner. Relax. So there's definitely going to be some 
serious vibe checks going on, which is a, insane because there are so many vibes in every direction off of these trailers. You guys, this is we still haven't mm-hmm. even got to the main trailer, but yeah, yeah. I would say my personal least favorite might be. I might have to agree with you, John, because as a person who's like making a Star Trek podcast now, I have to like be deep into, you know, okay, what's all the stuff going on around Star Trek? So it's like, I kind of knew most of what, like you said, what was going on in the Pike trailer. But from an outside perspective, I do appreciate, you know, as the guy who needed all the details, I do appreciate that they were like, okay, here's where it takes place. Relax. Here's what his arc will be. Relax. He's still got the thing going on. We didn't forget about it. Relax. You know, so it's like some of them felt like here's a character. And then some of them felt like, here you go, Trekkies, (laughs) which is great yeah. it's a great combination of things and the marketing like it went from zero to warp like that it was the main trailer did feel more like a uh pike centric trailer than his character trailer yes obviously. yeah as absolutely. far as like illuminating new stuff about his character yeah uh for anybody listening if you have not seen the character trailers they as far as i can tell they're only available on twitter um so Some of can, them are on YouTube, but you can also I haven't go, been able to find like a list, which is what I was trying to find. Right. If you go to StarTrek.com, I know, quaint. Ah. It, it was literally <laughs> the last place I looked. Um, I'm you sorry, can find, HTTP colon. <laughs> yes, this is a website on yes. the internet. And it just, I, when was the last time either of you went to StarTrek.com? Like not to, uh, you know, talk trash or anything, <laughs> but like, why, I, I just get it from somewhere else. That's my homepage. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, such and a that liar. was a ninth hole at nine reference by Jesse earlier from the classic Happy Gilmore. All right, <laughs> let's head back to the stage. Hey, this is Jesse from Alaska, and I want to uh, talk about the character teasers and like the Twitter photo that we all saw. Her photo, we saw Paul Wesley as Captain Kirk, and we know that he's Captain Kirk because he had the captain stripes on his uniform. And he wasn't captain until 2265, so maybe there's some time travel that, that might happen or something. Not sure, but I'm excited for it. There's a tri-ship wing in the Ortega teaser. I don't know if that's Cardassians. I don't know what that is. Um, but there's also like a matrix field in space, and that's interesting. Uh, Leanne, mm. of course, um, Leanne, her last name is Singh. We all know that there's like some kind of connection with Khan. So is she an altered person? We don't know. Maybe the traumatic childhood thing was like uh, the eugenics war that Khan also mentions. I'm loving Uhura. I think she's, I I just like her character, Uh, Hammer. He's one of those blind Anar guys. He's like a white Andorian, uh, essentially. We saw that thing with Captain Archer's crew. Um, So I'm kind of glad that they have brought this guy in because I'm a big fan of the Andorians. Mbenga, I like him. I like how he, it shows him like doing medical research. I like that. Like he doesn't have all the answers. It's great. Nurse Chapel, you know, it looks like she's hooking up with Spock maybe a little bit or something. And Spock, I kind of get like some Leanne vibes. I kind of get some Nurse Chapel vibes. And then is that T'Pring that he was kissing in his trailer? I have no idea. Una, like there was a weird neck glowing thing. I don't know what that is, but she seems really badass. And I love that Captain Pike is like the cowboy captain, the uh, adventurous cowboy captain. All right. That was Jesse in Alaska. Uh, blast from Cam in my past, old friend of ours. But uh, 
Jesse, you were reacting quite a bit to Jesse's comments. What do you have to Man, say? We need to take that video and put it on the Twitter. Yes. I didn't know that you guys had a, let's not do that. I didn't know that you guys had a, another <laughs> friend named Jesse. Now I feel awful and I don't want to do the rest of the show. <laughs> and she's into Star Trek. Are you kidding me? Um, I'm very into Star Trek. Very detailed. No kidding. Yeah. Much nerdier than me okay. on that. Wow. Okay. So the Laon thing. I think if you watch that trailer really closely, I think... When she says something like, I'm a survivor, there's a flashback for a moment. And at the very bottom of that frame, I swear you see like a bunch of dead like hands and smears of blood all over the place. It's it's like blinking, you'll miss it. And it's at the bottom of the frame. But <laughs> I think Jesse nailed it. I think that she was part of some massacre that took place. I believe we've been told that she is a descendant of Khan. So in my head, I was like, couldn't she just be like a relative like doesn't she have to doesn't she not have to be like his daughter or something but it's possible that she's some sort of clone like a, there's there seems to be some serious darkness in Lon's past that I'm really really excited for now to that point of Spock being a bit of a uh what should we call him a rabble rouser a bit of a Lothario aboard the Ooh. Enterprise um <laughs> Yeah, are are all these dates taking place on the Enterprise? <laughs> Is that one episode? How great would it be if it was a sitcom episode where he's got three dates and he triple booked? Come on. A Vulcan okay. might be able to I pull that off. That. I doubt. I'm yeah. on board with that. That would guys, be fantastic. Let's write yeah, it if I'm that's totally not okay. I'm totally okay with them making Spock a slut. It's just they better make him a bi slut. Oh, right, yeah. So that's a huge thing, right? Like there are people that are... are pretty upset because spock is a bi con is that how you would say that on the internet um the spurk slash fic is mm -hmm. like the origin of slash fic right so mm -hmm. there's I, I can i've seen people on both sides going like let spock be straight and other people going oh why are they making him straight and it's like i i don't necessarily know that we can assume from a couple of trailers what the entire arc of spock's sure. sexuality is going to be so let's I'm I'm of the of the school that says let's watch at least most of the episodes before we decide how we feel about that <laughs> personally. But I just yeah, I'm I'm so excited. I think that was a Tholian web. I have not got there yet oh, in the in I the, got that, yeah. In the, yeah. the original series, but I believe that was a Tholian web. I'm, I'm I believe go with that was a Tholian web. I mean there's yeah. We saw it was some at Tholians. least intentionally uh uh Harkening to the Tholian web. Well, and yeah. was that not a Tholian in the hallway of Pike's trailer? Kind of like yes, I coming believe down that a hallway. Was, I mean, because the, the Tholians also show up in Enterprise. I'm pretty sure that was a Tholian. Tholians yeah. are a good enemy. Yes, and now the other thing, Benga. Like, I love that he specifically is saying, "I am a man of science. I am gonna like figure other things out. Like, just do as I say." I, I. I don't know that I can invoke these because I haven't seen a lot of it, but I got a little bit of a Flocks vibe with him mm. being like, oh, I smeared up some or crushed up some urchins or whatever, right? And yeah. put them on, oh, yeah. your, on your skin. I, like, I'd say that's a fair statement. Kind of, you know, like frontier medicine, right? Like we're just yeah. going to try whatever we have that we think will fix the symptoms. We don't know if it will actually solve the problem. Uh, yeah, I just want to say like not about any specific character trailer, but I just thought... It was really fun having these character trailers. It really puts the emphasis on the crew. It felt very retro in the best way possible to kind of have all these separate uh, featurettes, kind of. It was super fun. All right, let's hear from our next guest on stage. This seriously is the Star Trek I've been waiting for. Um, I am extremely partial to the OG. 
that first pilot episode is incredible. It takes you into that initial strange new world. And so to watch them build on and develop these characters that you got to know for just a brief few minutes is going to be really exciting. And it looks like they did a beautiful job with everything. Um, I think the characters are amazing. They did a great job with casting. So I'm looking forward to this. I think it looks great. All right. That was Lindsay. She thanks OPN for sharing the joy. And Lindsay, I'll say you are on the OPN stage. Welcome to the found family. Yay. I don't think we've heard a single clip from any of our guests saying, eh, I'm really not too interested in watching Strange New Worlds, which I suppose makes sense for contributing to a podcast. But uh, <laughs> there's plenty of excitement out there. What do you think, Cam? Yeah, I mean, the excitement is palpable. I mean, you know, uh, having 1701 followers on Twitter now, I'm pretty well deep into Trek Twitter. Uh, <laughs> so I guess I would see this side of it. But yeah, I mean, all week long as these character trailers were dropping, as we we're building the first contact day, as we we're building to the the main Strange New World trailer that we knew was coming, just people were eating this up. They were so excited. They were st- freeze framing random clips and coming up with theories on these characters it is so much fun i mean it's almost going to be disappointing when the show starts and we start getting answers because just watching the community kind of like eat this stuff up and regurgitate it into this beautiful vomit is 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 beautiful now to Lindsay's point though you guys the casting right the casting i i'm gonna sit here and argue the casting with you all day cameron like sure I don't think that they've missed on the casting yet, personally. I'm there's no character where I'm like, oh, I definitely would have not brought that actor back from TNG or oh, I definitely would have looked for somebody else for this part. Like now, I watch things in a much more forgiving way than the two of you do, obviously. That having been said, I feel like a casting director for Star Trek it seems like it would be the easiest job ever, right? Like, just pick somebody as long as they look good and everything will be fine. The, the fans will love them. But it's almost like you have to cast for, like, physical features that people believe equate to the personality traits that they want those characters to have. It's crazy. Like, you have to have Pike you know, with a strong jawline and like, he's got to have the salt and pepper hair because you want this to be an experienced officer. And it's like, that's a pretty specific thing to look for in a, you know, for a casting director. But I would say they haven't missed yet for me personally. So I'm, again, I'm willing to watch most of the episodes before I'm like, here's how I feel about it. But I, you're right. The attention, the excitement and the fun and just like the fervor and like, just the atmosphere on Trek Twitter right now is crazy. Like I've never been part of that until very recently. We just passed a hundred, uh, 117 followers at open Pike. So I'm working on the 1701, but it has been crazy fun. It, it has been, it has been like nothing I've experienced in, in Trek fandom before. The one character trailer that had me a little worried, not necessarily about casting, but maybe about character was uh nurse chapel. I'm like, Ooh, this Feels a little manic pixie dream girlish at first, but then at the same time, I'm pretty sure she's just getting all stabby on somebody later on. It's like okay, that that uh, you know, like as long as she's got a badass side, you know, I was it it was the one cast not casting. I would just say more the character, the way they portrayed her in the trailer. That 
I was a little concerned about, but I would I mean, be, that's like I, a passing I, thought more than anything. Well, and I won't push you on it, but I would say that strange new worlds looks to be maybe the manic pixie dream girl of Star Trek oh, series. No, like, yes, <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah, it's definitely the I'm most saying, manic pixie dream yes. girl captain for sure. <laughs> It's like um, it, it's uh, it's on acid and it's got the '60s vibes cranked through the roof. It's retro. It's futuristic. It's yeah. clean. It's sleek. It's 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 everything. I, it's everything. Yeah, yeah. And still, de- and definitely a product of the times it's trying to emulate. And this time too, like okay, everybody's very quippy as well. Mm. And uh, yeah, so we'll just we'll just have to see how that goes. It's very space western. The the yes, Captain Pike poster has. The ship flying behind him, leaving a contrail, very Cowboy Bebop style. I'm just going to throw that out there. Go ahead. All right. Here's our next guest. Hey there. It's friend of the show, Harper. And I have just watched the most recent Strange New Worlds trailer, and I am very excited. I think that the thing that excites me most is that unlike Discovery or Picard, these trailers are hyping the characters' stories more than a overarching season-long story. What excites me about that is that I haven't seen, at least not to my memory, any prestige TV that wasn't about a giant arc, but instead was about the development of the characters. Even in Discovery, uh, which of course I very much like, maybe not of course, but I do very much like Discovery, the there are characters on the show that you see every episode who have effectively no backstory. I am really excited to learn about number one's backstory, and I'm really excited to learn about this version of Spock's backstory. And I'm also really excited to learn about the pilot's backstory. That surprises no one that knows that I'm a pilot. I can't haven't memorized their name yet, but Boy, howdy, does that seem like fun. Uh, there's a there's a shot in this most recent trailer with the Enterprise arcing through space, dodging uh, photon torpedoes that are seem to be launched from some sort of big space station with some red bits, which makes me think they're probably an evil space station. Um, gosh, I, I'm just so excited about that. But I think the most the most important thing here is the uh, is my excitement about the character driven rather than plot rather than like giant plot driven that is just really fascinating for me that was from our friend harper who has been a guest on green shirt a newbie's trek through the next generation um yeah let's talk about this trailer guys let's talk and i will just say yes uh, the the shot of enterprise swirling around barrel torpedoes holy crap Okay, that, that I mean, to go back just real quick to Jesse's point before about how it's taking things from the 60s and the things from now, like that's the shot when I was like, oh, Strange New Worlds is basically plucking from like every version of Star Trek we've seen all the best bits because that's that's 100 percent the barrel roll from 2009. Oh, track. yeah. Yeah. And but yeah, the, but we're bringing in the 60s aesthetic. We're bringing in everything. We're bringing in the TNG character arcs like this is the, they're just like it's like the, the, the showrunners just look stepped back and said. What's the best part of every show? Let's put it in our show. 
hundred percent. The music in this trailer is oh, like, the music. what oh, yes. year is it? Like, are machines making this music? No, there are definitely <laughs> humans. Like, this is it's synth. It's got it's got heart, but it's got synth in it. It's crazy. Like, there and it's got this driving, like revving going on, so that when Ortegas is just dancing through space toward this enemy ship at the helm of the Enterprise, you guys, I'm like tearing up, and we haven't even seen the show yet. But like the music there is like making you feel like you're accelerating and going faster with the crew. And mm. I did notice we 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 got a hint that we're going to be getting the second skin style energy shields on our Enterprise this mm. go around. So that must be consensus by the rule of cool, the best shields, right? I like the <laughs> bubble shields, but I think there is something to be said visually for the second skin shields. I think rule of cool it dictates that those might be cooler personally, but. It's just, I yes, the Ortegas thing. Okay, Star Trek has some great pilots. We've got Tom Paris. We've got Kayla Detmer. We've got Riker. We've got Picard. Like, we've seen people do very impressive feats of piloting before, right? And now you've got the prettiest captain ever challenging somebody who has claimed, I am the best pilot ever to come out of the Academy to prove it. I am so jacked to see Ortegas fly this ship around. Now, that leads me to a question. What do you guys think about the Enterprise being in the atmosphere? Does it bother you? <laughs> why Why would it bother anybody? It, As a anyway. Kelvin timeline uh, fan, uh, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Actually, I mean, I just, I mean, on that point, this trailer is so well edited i just want to shake this editor's hand because it is amazing because you start with like the fun quippy thing with with pike and the alien we start on an alien planet we see the ship in the atmosphere of the alien planet we look down on it from the atmosphere on the alien planet then we get shots of it warping then we go to a pov of it leaving the planet's atmosphere into space into the strange new worlds it's leaving terrestria going into space then the stars fade into the snowflakes into the comet scene it's just all so good. It's so well yes. put together. It's, it's I mean, the, very well made. The visual, trailer. the editing takes you on a journey, and that's yes. I mean, awesome. That that TV show trailer is is like this is better than most movie trailers that come out these days. And <laughs> and true. did I bump on a little bit? Like, oh hey, Enterprise just seems to be hovering in atmosphere. Okay, I don't quite remember, you know, but. I, I understand that some people are going to be nitpicky about that, but at the same time, it's also not without, you know, it's like what precedent it's, it's, it's science fiction. The intre- you know, the Voyager was able to land on planets, if I'm not mistaken. Like, this is not yes. something that it is impossible. Part of the reason that I asked is because we did have a comment on Twitter about how this commenter did not like the new grungier like uh metal plating style skin that the enterprise Mm -hmm. has right and that is a nitpicky thing and i of all people do not want to be seen as somebody who shuts down a nitpicky trekkie because that is who i am i may have come across as overly dismissive in my response to that which was if something that small bothers you i have really bad news for you i still think the sentiment of that is is fair (laughs) but I will ask the question, Cameron, I think you said you kind of agreed with the point. Don't you, do you have a point about that, uh, the scale sort of like, uh, what's the word, like plated metal look for the Enterprise? Mm. Do you prefer that sleek look that they had back in the day? Well, I mean, if we're going for a callback, if we're going for that retro feel, I mean, the the kind of 
light gray aesthetic of the original Enterprise is iconic. And and so, I, I mean, I don't know if I bumped on it. I definitely noticed it in that shot. I was like, oh, this isn't the Enterprise I, I know. I'm fine with that because I'm sure it's going to get a paint job. I'm sure that Enterprise is going to get fucked up at some point in Strange New Worlds and it's going to need a paint job. And so I'm fine with it being slightly different than the other show because every show has got to have its own own take on it. Yeah. How cool would it be if it was some kind of upgraded uh, hull plating and they were like, oh, you're getting oh. the new like ceramic style. Like it's obviously yeah. not ceramic, and but it's like so, the future. I mean, it, and it would be. It <laughs> ceramic would be some kind of, ship. I mean, they, you know, like the, the, it looks like the ceramic. science of material yeah. science for the next hundred, few hundred years is going to be all about organically grown crystalline type stuff. You know, there's going to be a lot of crystals in materials and just by the yeah. way they grow things. So yeah, like eventually, it makes Time sense. That there would be smooth. Yeah, there would be Shut smooth holes. There would be, <laughs> but but at the same time, you know, we we still weld our aircraft carriers together plate by plate. It's not. It's true. It's not something. It's like it's what we got. Well, and when that, you're building so I, a starship on one planet, you work with the materials that are on that planet. Well, so mm. this is why I ask, right? Because I know that. A big thing that I don't like about Enterprise that a lot of people do seem to like about Enterprise is that it's like more realistic, man. And like, that's how the suits would look, man. And I'm like, I don't care about that. I don't want to watch a show about astronauts from now, personally. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's super cool and interesting, but it's not science fiction and I'm here for science fiction. So I, it's interesting to me that, I mean, obviously the Trekkie community is as deep as it is wide, right? So there will be versions of people that love every version of the thing. I just think it's so funny to hear the exact opposite points brought up as either justification for liking a thing or hating a thing. It's like the same. It just depends on the day, (laughs) right? right? right. (laughs) But I have to ask you guys, the fencing, is that... Is that Laan doing fencing? Is that Ortegas doing fencing? How many of these characters are doing fencing? That's definitely number one with the bow and arrow. Like, mm-hmm. I do just want to address what you brought up, Jesse, because I was just thinking about this yesterday on Enterprise. Because I'm, I know I'm old now, everybody, because not only did I go on a submarine tour, not only did I really enjoy the submarine tour, I asked the most questions of anyone on the tour. So I am an old man now. I am now one of those people in those progressive don't turn into your parents commercials. And anyways, being on the submarine, I was like, wow, submarines are cool. And I realized that's part of why I love Enterprise. And that's because Star Trek, as advanced as it is, as glorious a look at our future it is, it does feel so alien to us. It's hard to relate. And Enterprise is that great transitory moment between where we are now and where we want to be with Star Trek in the future. That's what I love about it. It shows us how we got there because we didn't go from where I'm at right now, from the, from the submarine parked at OMSI to the beautiful Enterprise, be it, you know, gray gunmetal plate or, or sheen ceramic. So Pike says something to the effect of, you want to see strange new worlds and see the new life, you go to where the aliens are, right? Mm-hmm. And we get some serious alien action in these trailers over the course of them. But in this trailer, he's in an alien parliament. There's definitely some kind of gremlin-style alien uh, yeah, practical effect puppet. Yeah, I like the little puppet. gremlin. I, I'm, I want to see that episode. Super yeah. cute. Um, and there's definitely a Tholian or yeah. multiple Tholians. I don't know how those work. And there uh, is... Certainly a Prometheus engineer at some point. <laughs> there's yeah so the guy that says your presence is blasphemy right like 
Oh, that's, I'm just thinking the big egg they go up to, and so yeah. that, and then there's a yeah. giant egg, and then there's a giant golden sail in space. Mm-hmm. Like, wh- what is all? What what are those? What are those? Do you guys know what those? Well, they're are? strange new worlds, I, Jesse. Yeah, they're okay. Strange and they're new. It's new, new life, actually. But <laughs> new world. no, but, I'm glad you brought that up, Jesse, because this is going to be my one criticism of the trailer. Because much like the last, I don't know who's writing the voiceovers for these trailers. Much like the last trailer, where it was like, "Oh man, you know what? We don't know that aliens exist." Until we know that aliens exist was basically the what that last voiceover was saying. And here Pike is going, if you want to see aliens, go where there's aliens. Great. Pike, I thought Spock was supposed to be the logical one. Where's this coming from, <laughs> Mr. Minsa? I really hope the context of these quotes in the show are, are better and more enlightening than that. Well, maybe he's saying those things to somebody on a planet that he's visiting for the first time ever, in which case it would <laughs> probably make sense. And he's talking to him like a sense. child. Well. Gotcha. Gotcha. He, I, that's what I'm saying. He I hope seems the to be an American. Sense. So let's, let's just start there. <laughs> With Starfleet captains have a long history of accidentally talking down to races that they think don't understand them. I 100%. mean, think about... Picard trying to talk with uh, Riva, right? Or yeah. or the first time they met everybody from the children of Tama. Maybe that's just how he flirts, you know? <laughs> Whatever possible. works, right? <laughs> All right, let's hear from our next guest. Hey, Open Pike Night. I love the name of your podcast, and I know you're going to be just as good as Green Shirts, another Trek podcast that I enjoy. I just wanted to give a shout out and say I'm very pumped about Strange New Worlds. I grew up on the original series. My dad brought me up on the movies and reruns of the show. I remember going to the library as a kid and coming home with like a backpack full of those VHS tapes of the original series. Uh, I haven't really, re- I started to rewatch the original series now. I haven't in a very long time, and it still holds up. Like uh, The characters are still awesome, especially the menagerie was very good, I think, leading into Strange New Worlds. We'll say the misogyny, it's it's very cringy. But if you can get past that, it's it's wonderful. And I'm glad that we're rebooting it kind of in Strange New Worlds. I look forward to having new Trek that is episodic in nature, Uh, Not one big long story arc over 10 episodes and has a sense of humor. I can't wait to see what they're going to do with the characters, especially Uhura. I love that she's smart and sassy and funny. Um, Looking forward to Spock and Pike and Nurse Chapel and the whole crew. And looking forward to your podcast. So until then, live long and prosper. That was from our friend Michelle at OnTheRock81 on Twitter. And she added that Cinco de Mayo is going to be extra lit this year. Michelle, great to hear from you. One of our biggest fans. And I, I only know you through your awesome tweets and your crusher standing. So so great to hear your voice. Uh, I love the story of you <laughs> walking home with a backpack full of VHS. That cannot have been light. No. Those things are ridiculously heavy. I also want to uh, comment on your comment on the humor. Yes, that especially... I mean, as you said, John, they're all very quippy. Um, and that's one of the things... Uh, about the character trailers after like nine character trailers. Is that how many we got? Yeah. I did start to get a little worried because they were just so 
hyper cut, hyper fast. Everyone's shooting guns. Everyone's fighting. Everyone's got quips. And I was starting to feel like, oh, is this kind of because that's kind of how parts of Disco season two were. And I was like, yeah, is this going to be Strange New Worlds? And then we got the the trailer. And I was like, oh, no, those were just TV spots. They were 30 second TV spots. That's how they're cut. That's fine. This trailer is so good. Um, and yeah, we get some great uh, humor moments from everyone. It's I, I can't wait to see uh, Goofy, Goofy Dad Pike. And to the point of the palpable excitement around this show that we have mentioned and that all of our wonderful guests have mentioned. And man, you guys, once you get to 1,701 followers, your fans just pour in and just send <laughs> voicemails. That's so cool. I'm so happy for you guys at Green Shirt. I am one of those people, in case you can't tell. Now, to the point of the palpable excitement for this show, I... I have a group chat with some other guys that I make a podcast with and some guys that I don't make a podcast with, but that make podcasts in my proximity. And one of them is kind of a Star Trek detractor. Most of them are just cool people and they have, you know, either <laughs> like Star Trek or they're lukewarm on it. But there's one guy in there who's kind of a Star Trek detractor. And I put the trailer, just the, the new full length trailer in the group chat as soon as it came out. And then I waited a couple hours, and then I went and I checked the group chat again. And that guy said, hey, does all of the new Star Trek look like this? And <laughs> I didn't even have to do it. Another of my friends went, yeah, actually, it's all really gorgeous like this. And I said, well, to be fair, there are also two animated shows. One of them is 2D and one of them is 3D. And the response I received was, huh, okay, very interesting. <laughs> so this, I think, to your point, Cameron these trailers were edited to get people that maybe aren't already subscribed to Paramount Plus to watch all mm -hmm. the Star Trek, right? These are designed to get people to go, oh, that's what Star Trek is now? Sign me the F up. Those people are good looking. Their uniforms are clean as hell. That ship is amazing. What is going on? There are so much fighting and shooting. That's not what I remember <laughs> Star Trek being. I think I should maybe go purchase this service and watch this television program. That's absolutely fair. But yeah, just this new one just sets a mood and tone that I was looking for that this most recent trailer just gave me in space. Fully agreed. Oh, yeah. And uh, more to Michelle's point, uh, we've kind of touched on this, though. I don't know if we've said it outright. One of the things, exciting things about Strange New Worlds is that it does kind of give us that original series, OG 60s feel without some of the problematic elements and fixing mm -hmm. that. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pumped. Absolutely. Thank you, Michelle. All right. And our next guest. Okay. These are my thoughts on um, the, uh, the trailer that dropped. Um, oh, my God. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Uh, everything looks so pretty, and it, it just looks amazing. It's the ships are pretty. The effects look gorgeous. That ending shot of the the Enterprise dodging fire. It looks so freaking cool. Okay. Um, but other than that, um, I'm so excited. So, so freaking excited. We're finally getting it. It's finally almost here. I'm so freaking excited. <laughs> okay. Anyways, uh... Yeah, there's 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 nothing. I'm I'm literally just going to be absolutely overstimulated the entire month of April. I I'm not even joking. It's just going to be like 30, 30 days, an entire thirty days of just having this in my head. I'm so excited. I hope y'all are too. 
uh, <laughs> I'm running out of time. Bye, everybody. All right, that was from Sirius at Creator Sirius on Twitter. Sirius like Sirius Black or the Dog Star. So yeah, once again, <laughs> wow, uh, that is I've, what palpable excitement sounds that is like. Absolutely palpable. Palpable. Sirius is my people. Oh yeah. wow, I am yeah. so glad that you have connected with our show. I am on that wavelength. This is going to be the best month ever. Go ahead, guys. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm kind of curious. Like they just dropped so much strange new world stuff in such a short amount of time and now we have a month are they going to do you think paramount is going to keep this pace up as far as more trailers as far as more announcements as far as clips what like or is are they just going to let that lull for a month while picard keeps rolling out and building toward may 5th what do you think i don't know i mean this could have all been leading up to uh, mission chicago and and first contact day for sure i i mean maybe we'll get another trailer i don't know what else they could drop uh what do you yeah i mean i don't know i don't know i'm i don't know what the word is i'm not afraid of the sudden abyss right i'm just like (laughs) man we went so long without anything right Mm -hmm. it was it was like i mean it was years it was literal years and Mm -hmm. for them to just info dump us like that like Boom, here you go. And and it really does. I mean, people were literally saying on Twitter like two or three days before it happened, Paramount is really going to make us promote this show our damn selves, aren't they? Like, <laughs> we are going to have to go person by person, IRL, and be like, watch Star Trek, please. I need you to watch Star Trek. Which we do is, not want a Cowboy Bebop situation. Yeah, it's well, and it's fine because some of us are willing to do that. And have yeah. been doing that anyway. But... It's it does make it easier to be able to just, for example, put a link in a chat and have somebody go, I didn't know this is what Star Trek looked like anymore. And it's <laughs> I feel like the spoiling of the fans has already begun, though, because there are people on Twitter. I mean, we have to mention it. OK, we're recording this on First Contact Day. They just announced that everybody from TNG is going to be in season three of Picard. And we're like five episodes into season two of Picard. Which yes. is for Wesley Crusher. It's mind blowing to me that they would do that. I fully understand, again, why they are doing it, but it's like, whoa. Now, it's also impressive to me that they managed to keep it a secret as long as they did. But, you know, the first thing that I thought was like, okay, this is as good as it gets. And then immediately we started see- seeing people go, well, where's my Voyager news? Why isn't, th- why isn't <laughs> DS9 getting remastered? Why isn't mm-hmm. th- And it's like, whoa, are you serious? Like, I get it. I get it. It's a it's a fully valid way to feel, right? It's totally fair because some treks are getting more love than other treks in retrospect and this that and the other thing. That's going to happen. And it's totally valid to be upset about that. But like can we as a community just be happy for like a month, please? Like Sirius and I are going to be let's just be happy for 30 days, okay? Absolutely. We'll go back Hashtag to being upset Brian. after that. Yeah. Like <laughs> I cannot believe you. And seriously, Think about it this way, you guys. There's no reason they couldn't give us O'Brien's uh, like ancestor in Strange New Worlds, right? And there's no reason that that couldn't be like the best-looking crewman that shows up for like half an episode to run the transporters and then disappears. Like, I don't see why it couldn't just be Colomini playing his own great grandfather. <laughs> I mean, no, if it should be. If we're gonna go with it's... the Spock on three dates episode. Let's have an O'Brien playing his own great-grandfather episode. Come on. Strange New Worlds could be anything right now, right? Once we start watching it, it will become what what has been created. But 
right now it could be anything and that's what's going to make april so much fun for me and it's what i'm going to hold on to until the series starts <laughs> because once the series starts i am going to it's going to be very difficult to pay attention to anything else for me so thank you for your call serious that was like that was that was soul affirming for me <laughs> that that was just uh, basically jesse's inner monologue absolutely <laughs> yes we have a couple more guests on stage happy first contact day trekkers and welcome to my 90 seconds of open pike night the new trailer and the character trailers have all dropped and the show looks visually and intellectually stimulating as well as sexually stimulating and i mean that in the sense that it doesn't appear that this show is going to take our usual american version of tv where sex seems to cause drama with the characters it seems like everyone is just horny and happy with everyone that they meet and that's what the future should be if anything we should have that now but we don't and i think that is what strange that is the real new world that strange new worlds is going to take us to a world where no one is slut shamed no one is kink shamed no one is shamed for anything that they desire and i think that's a beautiful beautiful world so if this show is going to bring us more of that and especially more of Spock getting laid. I, we, we, there should have been more of Spock getting laid in the original series than, than, than Kirk and Riker. So more Spock getting laid, more Captain Pike getting laid, more everybody. Everybody should be getting laid and everyone should be happy and no one should feel bad about it. That's just one simple man's belief. Good night, good luck, live long, and prosper. All right, that was our good friend Stephen at Biz on Twitter returning to the stage. Yeah. That was uh, pretty much what Gene Roddenberry wanted from like season two of Star Trek. Also, from all of Star Trek, like that's not a new thing. That's not everybody projecting like, oh no, we want more sex. Like, yeah, no, the original creator wanted more sex. I want to see the Enterprise get laid. <laughs> maybe that with that big sail in space. I don't care. Yeah, I, I don't, maybe that's what it's barrel rolling into. That's just on there. And, it's yeah. the corkscrew maneuver into. Uh, <laughs> Starship impregnation. Uh, the USS Hentai Prize. We'll put that <laughs> meme somewhere on the timeline. Have you, if you haven't seen it, it's Tentacle great. Prize. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. Tentacle now, forward. Now to to the to the point of the sexy in the Star Trek. See, the problem, right? The sexual elephant in the room. <laughs> I think was always Gene Roddenberry. And that was the issue. It's like this dude, he ended up like stumbling into some progressive attitudes. I think <laughs> like he want he, he, I think he saw himself as progressive. Right. And it's mm-hmm. arguable that for the time there are some arenas in which he was. Yeah. But people are multifaceted. They can be problematic and progressive at the same time. Exactly. Yes. So Nobody I who's think progressive or made change hasn't been problematic so yeah right but to steve's point i think we are going to have a much more deft hand guiding mm. the star trexy this time than we did when roddenberry was maybe directly involved i think that there is a genuine sense of excitement surrounding the sexual portrayal of these characters this time around because it seems that we're gonna get a more realistic and 
more truly progressive look at it. Now, we may look back on this series in 15 or 30 years and go, oh, wow, we had no idea what we were talking about, right? But look, we were trying. You can see that they were trying. And I think we, I think that we will be able to tell. That is an excellent point, Steve. We, the podcasters, and they, the filmmakers, do not have access to the time crystals, which shall not be spoken. I like to make bold declarations on this podcast. And Bega, he's definitely going to be getting laid the most. Yeah, they're going to call it Slick Bay by the time we're done with it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we have one more guest on stage. Hello there, this is Dr. Oho from the MCU C2C podcast, and this is my reaction to the Strange New Worlds trailer. Wow, it looks amazing. It's like every kind of Star Trek. It's got the original series sensibilities that's kind of reinvented in uh, in Discovery Season 2. We've got uh, we've got Captain Pike, we've got Spock, we've got Uhura, we've got Nurse Chapel and a whole bunch of new characters doing their thing. I mean, even that opening shot in the trailer, that looks amazing when Captain Pike just materialises in, uh, in this sort of council chamber thing. It's sort of... With all the babbling in the background, reminded me a little bit of the the, the 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 Star Trek movie, the motion picture, and then we cut to the Enterprise in an atmosphere, which ah, oh, some people may hate that, but I think it just looks absolutely gorgeous. So yes, and on the Enterprise itself, it looks gorgeous. Of course, it does. It is the most beautiful spaceship in all of science fiction, and that, my friends, you will find is actually a fact we've got lots of little nods to all the different kind of all the different films all the series it just looks like it's everything thrown in no idea what the story is about but i cannot wait to see it when that might be i don't know to be honest because we're probably not going to be able to get it in the uk because it's all in this paramount plus thing but you know, maybe when it comes out on shiny 4K disc, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be first in the queue. And I'm just going to watch this trailer again because everything in it just looks lush, gorgeous, and it makes me feel very happy. I hope you enjoyed that. See you next time. All right. That was our friend Paul from the MCU C2C podcast at MCU C2C. And I just have to say, he certainly echoed a lot of the stuff that we've said on, on this episode so far. But he said it in a British accent, which makes it even more true. So, I mean, that was basically a Picard monologue right there. Yeah. <laughs> and also, a little bit of good news here. He did message me just a little bit before we started recording saying, oh, he might have to revise his trailer take because there is now news that Paramount Plus will be coming to British viewers in the summer of 2022 on Sky TV. Hell yeah. So he sent me a screen cap. I hope that's legit. I hope I'm not raising expectations just to be broken later. But that is what I know so far. I am really glad that Paul identified himself because I was convinced that that was David Ayala from Star Trek Discovery <laughs> calling in to just like give us some Cleveland Booker words of advice. So thank you for, as the gentlemen have mentioned, legitimizing us with an intelligent accent. We needed that. Because, <clears throat> I mean, let's be honest, we all sound like this. So thank you. I, I, You guys, running theme, there's nobody that's not excited, right? Okay, so maybe there's some people that are like tentatively excited, but there's nobody whose excitement level who has heard of this show is zero for it that I have run into. Now, to be fair, running a Star Trek podcast Twitter account, you may not run into those people much. But I don't I, like I've not even run into somebody in real life who has seen the trailer that's like, eh, like I, everybody that I know that has seen it has been OK. That was impressive. 
I am very impressed. I'd like to see where this goes. It is a dream of mine with this podcast that we we get somebody who sends us clips and it's the first time they've ever watched any Star Trek. That might not happen. That probably won't happen. But hey, it would be awesome if it does. As the host of Green Shirt, a newbie's trek through the next generation, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up that Captain Pike gets totally hung up on. And uh, he reacts a little bit better than old Picard usually does. He's, he's, he's a little more good-natured about it. Absolutely. And especially considering it seems like he gets shot at immediately afterward. <laughs> right. Well, and that could all be part of the arc of, does Pike, is he just reckless because he thinks he can't die till a certain day? Is he going to be over careful? Mm. Like, is it going to be, mm. it's gonna, I mean, that's going to be the arc, right? We saw that that will be his arc. So I'm very interested to see where his laissez-faire, I am a space cowboy in a golden t-shirt attitude gets him because that's the kind <laughs> of attitude that I'm here to watch on Star Trek personally. <laughs> but I, I just, I don't know. I, I can't say enough about how excited we are to see the show finally arrive and to have some trailers to talk about and to have so many people sending us submissions and spending some time with us that is so cool you guys i'm i'm blown away by that and i'm very excited to be part of a community of nerds who love the thing and are gonna nitpick it to death the same way that we are this is gonna be a strange ride gentlemen but i am very very excited to go on it yes we had people genuinely bear their raw emotions to us in those clips clearly and it's uh it's very meaningful to hear that and and exciting and fun yeah thank you to all our guests on stage tonight we have one month now until strange new worlds begins to air you've all been a great crowd don't forget to tip your server and clean up after yourselves the ensigns are good at polishing barrels they don't like to pick up trash too well if you'd like to join us on stage for the next or any open pike night send us an audio clip 90 seconds or less to openpike at gmail.com or just go ahead and write us a message and we'll read it out on air If you have enjoyed this episode, please consider sending us a voice clip or tell your Trekkie friends to listen. That really is the best way to help grow the show and expand the stage. If you're still feeling generous after that, sure, go ahead, leave us a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. But your ears, like Spock's, are enough for us. If the folks out there would like to hear more from you, Cameron, where can they do that? They can do that at our Twitter account, which has 1701 followers, at Greenshirt87, which is the Twitter account for Greenshirt, a newbie strike to the next generation, where I am watching the next generation for the very first time with my slightly more knowledgeable co-hosts and, of course, the much more knowledgeable John T. Bolts producing. And if you need a little bit more of me in your ears, I don't know why, but go ahead and look up Sudden But Inevitable wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow that show on Twitter at Sudden But. We cover single-season sci-fi shows that were canceled before their time. We've done Firefly. We did Cowboy Bebop. We did the new Cowboy Bebop. We've also talked about some movies like Highlander and Space Sweeper and Slither, that kind of thing. So go check out Sudden But Inevitable. And the other thing you should definitely already probably be doing is following this show on Twitter at Open Pike. I know that you are. Please continue to send me your memes and jokes about Strange New Worlds. I live off of them in case you can't tell. We have merch and NFTs available at the door on the way out. You can go anywhere you want, but you can't stay here.